Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 22. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We are going to pick up in verse uh, 47. Before we do, let me have your attention, if you will. This week, this week is commonly called Holy Week, Passion Week. This week is the week which leads up to the trial, the sentencing, the beating, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. If you're taking notes, this week begins like this. Sunday... He enters, that will be today, because this Sunday through this week is Passion Week. So Sunday, today, he enters Jerusalem as king. Monday, Jesus went into the temple, and he drove out the ripoff artists and the money changers, and he said, don't make my father's house a den of thieves. And then Tuesday, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and his enemies are questioning and debating with him and trying to trap him. And then Wednesday, he rested at Simon the used-to-be leper's home in Bethany. And then Thursday, the Last Supper, he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then Friday, Friday was a busy day, as Jesus is tried and convicted and crucified. And while on the cross, he made seven statements of which we'll talk about on Friday when you come at 12 o'clock. We'll talk about the seven statements that Christ made on the cross. He died and he was buried. Saturday is a day of rest as Jesus lays in the tomb. And Sunday, anybody know what happened on Sunday? Sunday, the Bible says Jesus rose from the dead. Today, the whole city of Jerusalem, listen, saints, the whole city of Jerusalem is throwing palm branches as Jesus rode into the city, and the people are saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord on Sunday. It's very interesting, just a few days later on Friday, these very same people who are saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord are the very same people who are saying, crucify him, crucify him. Now, if you've been with us, you know it's, been, it's Passover week. It's Passover season. And Jerusalem is crowded. Jesus leaves the city of Jerusalem, crosses the Kidron Valley, and he went to the place that he was accustomed to go, a place that Judas knew he would go, the Garden of Gethsemane. And when he got there, he told eight of his disciples to have a seat, And Peter uh, and James and John went with Jesus. And it was at that time that Jesus said to them, my soul is very sorrowful. Now, this word sorrowful, if you're taking notes, you write this down. It's very interesting because in the Greek language, this word sorrowful means away from home. Away from home. 
homesick. But you say, Rodney, wait a minute, he was in Jerusalem. Yeah, he was in Jerusalem, but he wasn't home. Christian, I'm only talking to Christians. I'm only talking to believers. You might live in Apex, you might live in Raleigh, you might live in Holly Springs, you might live in Lillington. Anybody live in Lillington? I don't know why I thought of that right now. But Christian, you're not home. Listen, this is not our home. This earth is a transition place for the believer. Our home is in heaven. Are you glad about it? That's where we're going. Jesus wasn't home, and you're not home because our kingdom is in another world. While we continue our study in Luke, we pick up in verse 47, saints. I've titled this sermon, Failure Isn't Fatal. Look at Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 47, saints. If you're looking at it, say a hearty amen. Amen. And when he was still speaking, behold, a multitude. And he who was called Judas... One of the twelve went before them and drew near to Jerusalem or to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the son of man with a kiss? And when those around him saw what was going to happen, they said to him, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them in verse 50 struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus answered and said, permit even this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the captains of the temple and the elders who had come to him, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you daily in the temple, you didn't try to seize me. But this is your hour and the power of Darkness. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Were you with me last week? Who was with me last week? Where you at? Where you at? That's most of you. Then you know that last week we talked about Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Listen. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was sweating great drops of blood. We call that the medical terminology is hematridosis. It's rare, but it happens. He's sweating, he's in agony, and he's in prayer, and he's in deep contrition, and he, and he prays, and he begins to sweat great drops of blood. He gets up from his knees, he walks over to the disciples, and they are doing, guess what? Sleeping. They're sleeping. This happens three times, and according to, look it up in your own time, Mark fourteen forty one. The third time, that happened three times, Jesus goes over, he's praying, he goes over, they're sleeping. He goes over, they're sleeping. He goes over, they're sleeping. The third time, Jesus said, sleep on. And then in Mark 14, 41, there's a semicolon. Now, in my sanctified imagination, what happened in that semicolon? I think in that semicolon, it's possible that Jesus looked up to the Father and said, Father, I pray for these, and look what you gave me. <laughs> Oy vey. Or, Jesus probably could have stood over each of them as they slept, and he prayed. Thank God, listen to me. Thank God for a praying mother. 
Thank God for a prince. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. And somebody knows where I'm going. Thank God for a praying mother. If you got a praying mother, raise your hand. Thank God for a praying mother. Because you are more blessed than you know. You are more blessed than you know. You know, when I was coming up, I didn't have a praying mother until I was 16, 15, 16. My mother became a Christian when she was 37 years old. My mother tells a story that one day she was going to work. My mom worked in the meat house. Y'all know the story. My mom worked in the meat house. She worked in a, in a freezer, basically, for 30 years packing hot dogs. Y'all know Ballpark Frank? They plump when you cook them. You know those? Well, my mom used to pack those hot dogs. I'd go in the supermarket, and i take my friends in. i grab a pack of Ballpark. And my mom packed this. Yeah, but my dad's a brain surgeon, so my mother packed these hot dogs. It's proud of my mom. My mom worked hard to take care of two boys in Philadelphia where it wasn't easy to take care of two boys in in, in, in the city. And we didn't have any money. We lived in the hood. My mom goes to work one day, and as she always did every morning, she gets on the trolley. Y'all know what the trolley is? Y'all know what the trolley is? So she gets on the trolley, and get this, she says, she tells the story that, um, that, that she was on the trolley going to work, and that at that time she felt that her conscience or something, she said, was causing her to want to get off the trolley because she looked out the window and saw a church across the street. She said something, but now she'll tell you it was the Holy Spirit. How many of you know the Holy Spirit will work in your life even if you're not a Christian? Even if you're not a Christian. Hey, listen to this. How do you think you became a Christian? So the, uh, she gets off and then she goes into this church. She gives her life to Christ. She comes home that day. And I'm telling you, my mother was different. She was different. She looked different. My mom, you know, before she got saved, my mother used to party. She used to drink. My mother looked good. She was fly. Y'all know what I mean? My, I mean, my mom dressed. She was fly. And she was really, really, really good looking. And she, she used to party and smoke and drink. She coming to Mars, as a matter of fact. For... <laughs> so don't y'all tell her I said this. Only tell her the good stuff. Don't tell her the stuff of other stuff. I'm telling. Tell her how fly I said she was, all right? Don't, don't tell her the other stuff. So... And she was different. And she said, come home from work, and she'd be talking to me about Jesus and, you know, telling me, she, 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 she'd tell me, Rodney, God's going to bless you. And she said, Rodney, God, I'm, a, I'm 15 years old. I don't know anything about blessings. The only thing I know about blessings is that what you say when somebody sneezes. But that's all I know about blessing. She'd go, Rodney, God's going to bless you. And I'm like, bless me? What do you mean, bless me? God's going to bless you. Well, bless me. Okay, fine, whatever, whatever. It was interesting, before she became a Christian, she used to say, Rodney, somebody going to kill you. <laughs> she used to say, Rodney, with that mouth of yours, boy, because I'm telling I was always the kind of kid, I just said what was on my mind. I said if it was in my head, I said it. Ain't much change, huh? 
And I just said it. I just my, my mom says, "Boy, somebody gonna kill you with that mouth of yours." You either my mother tell me you either gonna be very successful, or somebody gonna kill you before she became Christian. Then when she became a Christian, she said, "Rodney, God's gonna bless you." She's always telling me, God's got something in store for you. And then when I was about 17 years old, I wasn't even a Christian. I didn't even tell this to, to the other services, so y'all blessed. I, I'm going to tell you something. I didn't tell them. When I was, before, I was 17 years old, I don't know if I ever said this. When I was 17 years old, my mother had a dream, and she saw me preaching from a pulpit. I wasn't even a Christian. I didn't become a Christian until I was 21 years old. So my mother tells me she saw me in a dream preaching from a pulpit. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This Jesus stuff is really sending you over the edge. I mean, you're a jump ship. You see me preaching? I me, mean, Honestly, me and preaching could not. Listen, y'all. Y'all don't know me like I know me. I ain't going to tell you. Because some stuff you just got to keep to yourself. But you're looking at a different Rodney. Pre, pre, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. But thank God for a praying mother because my mom used to come into my room at night. My bed was kind of facing the, the, the wall this way, so my head would be up this way. You come in the door, my head would be up this way. My mother would come in the room at night. And my mom would, would, and I hear her coming in, and I know she coming, she coming in to want to talk about Jesus or something, because she was like freaking me out. So she wants to talk about it, and I'm like, yeah, so I'm going to act like I'm asleep. She coming in the room, I'm going to act like I'm asleep. So she come in, and as soon as I hear her open the door, I go, <laughs> and then she would grab my foot. I kid you not, my mother would grab my foot and pray for me. And I would hear her praying, praying for me, praying over me, speaking in tongues. I could hear my mother praying for me. And I'll tell you something. Little did my children know, or maybe they did, but I used to go in their room and pray for them too. I got that from my mother. Did, did you ever know that? Did you know that? Oh, okay, he did know that then. We used to hover, me and you. Yeah. He said, yeah, you and mom used to come in the room. And we used to come in and gather around the bed and pray. But thank God for a praying mother. Because some of y'all are in church today because your mother prayed for you. I want you to clap your hands, huh? Huh? Is that right? And I imagine here that Jesus... He sees the disciples sleeping and he prays for them one by one while they're sleeping. He looks at Peter and he says, Lord, you know it's hard. Bless his heart. You know how you say that, bless his heart. Lord, bless his heart. He doesn't even realize that his selfishness and his self-confidence is getting in the way. Father, bless him. He's willing to go to prison with me. Father, he means well. Protect him. Satan wants to sift him as wheat. And then he looks at James and says, Father, you know of the apostles, he's the first martyr of the kingdom, and he'll be beheaded for my namesake, but bless him, Father, because he's the soonest of these to join me. And then he looks at John and he says, Father, he's young, he's strong, he's a dreamer, he's a teenager, and he's going to live a long life. He's going to live close to 100, and Nero's going to try to boil him and kill him. And when he can't kill him, Nero's going to try to put him on the island of Patmos, 
And God, I thank you because you're going to be with him. And Lord, you're, you're going to give him a revelation. So Lord, Father, keep his mind sharp so he can record the things that he sees. Jesus was praying for the disciples. And can I tell you something? Jesus ever liveth to make intercession for you. He's praying for you. Are you glad about it? He knows your name. And he's praying for you. We'll look at verse 47. We got to move forward. While Jesus was still speaking, Judas and a great multitude of soldiers come to arrest Jesus. And John tells us that Judas came with a detachment of troops, with, which is 600 soldiers. If you're taking notes, you write that down. 600 soldiers came to get the meekest. Get this. 600 soldiers came to get the meekest man on the earth. That's a trip. And Judas comes in and he walks up to Jesus and he said, greetings, rabbi. And he kissed him in the Greek language. He continued to kiss him. He kept on kissing him. He smothered him with kisses like my wife does when I come home from work. Smothers him with kisses over and over. I think about this one time, this guy, I was preaching. I was preaching. I preached this sermon. This guy was sitting right where you're sitting. And uh, he obviously enjoyed it. He really enjoyed it. He was from another country or something. And, you know, in other countries like in Europe and maybe the Middle East, men kiss. Like you walk up and you just kind of, you know, you kind of kiss, you know. And we don't do that here in the U.S. In the U.S., we pound. Isn't that right? We just, don't touch me that much now. That's enough. We all, everybody germaphobes now. Everybody don't, well, I don't even want you to touch me. Just pound. Soon it's going to be we just kind of. Go at each other, but don't really touch. Like, you see? But they kiss. So anyway, I finished this sermon, and then, you know, I preached a sermon. Might I add, it was a great sermon. I preached my heart out. And I go down, and then I meet this guy. He's all excited. He's like, oh, he's telling me in his own language. This is the, the sermon was just wonderful. It was just wonderful. Oh, it was great, great, great. And he just, he just grabs me and just kissed me, like, right on the lips. Mwah! And I went... Awkward. And I went, yo, man, we don't do that here in the U.S. Hey, I don't roll like that. That's not kind of, we don't do that. Nah, 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 don't do that no more now. I might have to have you ejected. Oh, I love the sermon. Great, but I will eject you. So... He was just happy, but Judas, he, he, he walks up to Jesus and he kisses Jesus, listen, in a way to identify him to the soldiers. That's why he kissed him. As to identify him to the soldiers, you see, Jesus was so ordinary, he didn't stand out in the crowd. Did you know that? Jesus could be in a crowd this, this, like this. You wouldn't be able to pick Jesus out in the crowd. He had to identify Jesus with a kiss. Judas didn't say to the soldiers, you know, know, you'll know Jesus. Go in the garden, soldier, 600 soldier detachment. Go in the garden and you're going to see Jesus. You'll know Jesus because he'll be the one glowing. Doesn't say that. Or go in there and you'll know Jesus because he'll be the one wearing wearing the, the priestly robe. He's be wearing a robe. You can't, you'll not miss this robe. Y'all notice the robes in the church nowadays? Don't misunderstand me. I'm not against the preacher's robes. You know, preachers wear robes, but 
I don't know. Is it just me? Are they getting a little bit ostentatious? Is it just a little bit? Just a little bit ostentatious. I mean, I'm talking. One time I saw this one preacher. I kid you not. There was Shirley. I saw this one. He had on a robe. The thing was, it was not, don't get me wrong. It was nice. I'm sure he prayed a pretty penny. But this robe was a long flowing robe and he had a sash going down and trimmed out in gold and sleeves and it was it was gold wrapped around the sleeve and the collar went up like this and <laughs> the collar was like, you know, just went up. I went, man, you look more like an alien than you do a pre I mean it was kind of strange. It just looked kind of strange to me. I don't wear one. I don't need one. Honestly, this is what I wear. This is, what, this is me. I look nice today. <laughs> but this is what I wear. And then during the week, you know what? I don't, during the week, I, honestly, I don't hardly ask, ask, my, ask my staff, ask, ask my, my, my kids. I don't hardly put... I put on is my, my sweatpants, and that's it. I told you all that story before. I just put on my sweat clothes, and that's it. I just don't like all that. I like comfort. I will leave this pulpit, go straight to my office, and change into my sweat clothes, and I will be in those very same clothes until next Sunday. <laughs> I Just a little piece of information for you to take. I'm just letting you get to know me. But it's just not into all the robes and stuff like that. And Jesus wasn't into all the robes. You couldn't identify Jesus. Judas didn't say, hey, go in the garden and just follow the music. Because, you know, in all the Hollywood m- movies, there's music. Wherever Jesus is, there's stereo. There is. They're everywhere where Jesus goes, there's stereo. It really, go in and you hear. The, and it's like Jesus got both speakers like around his head everywhere he goes. And so you see Jesus, and the the lights are right on his eyes, and his eyes are always blue. Well, that's another sermon. That couldn't be. Where are my people at? The eyes are blue. I don't think so. And everywhere, you know, there's the, the, the music is going, and Judas, you know, go listen to the follow. You'll, you'll know him because you'll see, you'll hear the music because it's going, ooh, 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 ooh. I mean, it, it wasn't like that. You could not identify Jesus, and that's why Judas had to identify him with a kiss because Jesus was so down to earth and just ordinary. And whatever happened to down to earth ordinary preachers? Where they at? Where they go? Just ordinary. Judas identified him with a kiss because the Romans didn't know who he was. Matthew chapter 26, you write that down. It tells us that Jesus said, friend, why have you come? Jesus called him friend. Interesting. And Luke is telling us, Jesus said, Judas, you, are you betraying the son of man with a kiss? In other words, I think Jesus is trying to give Judas a way out. Whatever your sin you're caught up in, listen, God always offers a way out 
Judas, think about what you're doing. Think about it and repent, friend. In verse 49, when they saw what was happening, they said, Jesus, should we strike with a sword? And in verse 50 tells us one of them who did not ask, Peter, (laughs) struck the servant of the high priest and he cut off his right ear. And just like a a physician, Luke would tell us his right ear. Now get the scene. There are 600 soldiers here with torches and Judas kisses him. John chapter 18, Jesus looked, and you look at that in your own time. John 18, Jesus looked at the soldiers and said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said, I, John 18, I am he. Now in John 18 where it says, is anybody listening? In John 18 where it says, I am he, he is in italics. That means it was placed in the text for easy read. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.